0: To records, smell the cover, read all the verses, tell me about your favorites on Vinyl and Vision.
1: Hey folks, thank you for tuning in to our latest episode of Vinyl and Vision. Uh, my guest tonight is David Tessier. Dave Tessier is back, uh, he was my guest for episode 9 when we were covering Genesis's uh, nursery crime album. I acknowledge David as being my local Genesis expert, so I had to call him back in to discuss this record, Genesis's Trespass, their second uh, full-length debut album. I'm sorry, second full-length album, which is their uh, studio debut album, I should uh, try to correctly say. Um, Great time talking with Dave again. He is uh, just a vast wealth of knowledge to... um, when it comes to early Genesis records, uh, so uh, like I said, I had to I had to have him come back. Uh, this is a great record. Uh, it's also a vintage early to mid '70s German pressing, um, and uh, it was a lot of fun talking with Dave about it and having him break it down for me. Uh, he joined me for uh, episode nine. Go back and listen to that one. It has uh, samples of Dave's own personal prog rock music that he does with his band, Dave Des- the, the Dave Tess Hero All-Star Stars. And uh, I'm not including any of that stuff in this episode, so just go back to that episode and uh, give those a listen. Uh, it's a great episode, super in-depth, and uh, a lot of great information about the band, about himself. And we do a little bit of chat this time in this episode, so um, give this a listen, do the things you do with the internet, you know, do the likes, the subscri- the subscribes, the, f- the comments, the follows, the- all the love in every aspect of the internet that you can give. Um, t- check out David Tessier. Uh, DavidJTessier.com is his website. Link in the homepage. Find him this summer. He's doing a bunch of gigs uh, locally in the Rhode Island area. If you're around, if you're coming into the state, find him. I'm sure it'll be a good, fun summer gig. Something uh, cool to do if you're not familiar with the state. And, yeah, without further ado, enjoy. Well, it's good chat, too. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for uh, coming again, Dave. You are my my first repeat guest.
2: Ah, glad to be. That is lovely. Uh, Mm, I should try one more sip. Sure. Get a a good feel for it.
1: Um, You are my local uh, Genesis expert. Thank you. So uh, I figured I'd have to call you in for for another round. <laughs> and of only uh, like the first four albums. <laughs> uh, I luckily picked up this one, <coughs> which you'll see in a second. I love it. And um, yeah, so we mistakenly said on the last episode that Trespass was the first Genesis record, which it's not. Nope.
2: And we knew this. We knew it. But we just were People at the time. People discount the first one. I don't know why, but I always have as well. I think because the the band themselves feel that Trespass was their first professional record. Mm -hmm. Whereas um, the other one is really just demos. I mean, they didn't spend a lot of time on any of that stuff. And there's some strings they managed to put on, I think, two songs, if I recall. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I I think we could be forgiven. Yeah. I I forgive me.
1: I, I forgive you as well. <laughs> Thanks. I mean, I, I, I think when we were talking about it, you know, I, well, when we talk in general, like when I'm doing this show, I, I tend to realize after the fact, it's like, oh, yeah, I said something that was like the wrong, <laughs> like I said the wrong thing, or or I, for, or I forget to say things like I'll, I'll start a story, and then I'll just drop off and go and just, you know, get distracted by something else. It's like a squirrel running by, and it's like, squirrel.
2: Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> sure. we're, we're all guilty of that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that
1: happens to me a lot, so... But, um, but, yeah, so we misspoke on that. And so if anyone did catch us on it, I'm sorry. We're sorry. We did not mean to offend. But, um, yeah, it's not a great record anyway.
2: Um, I, I guess it's very... I don't listen to it. Yeah. I listened to it once today. It's a long record, too. It's, there's way too much on it. Well, That's what I mean. It's really a collection of demos. It's not like an album. Yeah. Trespass was an album they constructed. It was supposed to be those songs in that order. Right. And that you don't get that on from Genesis to Revelation. Hmm. Um, I think the original release probably had less than what you heard today. Oh, yeah. It probably had bonus tracks. Yeah. yeah.
1: It was like an hour long. Yeah.
2: yeah. I was just like, this is a monster of a record for a first record. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, no, you got, yeah. There's a lot of uh, extras (laughs) that came out later. Hmm. If I recall, I want to say there was like 12 songs uh, originally on it. If only there was a way we could find out. Well, we don't care enough today. Yeah, no, we're not going to get into it. I mean, you know, it's not really the uh, the the purpose for tonight's meeting. And again, it's not that great a record. Sorry, Genesis.
1: And well, I mean, I, I think that they would probably agree. And plus, you knew that they were like teenagers when they made that. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, so let me let me ask you this. So between the ages of fifteen and seventeen is what those members ranged in at the time that they were recording that record. So what were you doing when you were f- between
2: fifteen and seventeen? Ah, I had just. Only just located my penis, <laughs> so there, there By fifteen, yeah. really? I started. I started a little late. Oh wow! You know, I, I was uh, I was more into uh, comic books, yeah, than what what uh, things like girls and stuff. Um, but no, I just started to play guitar by the time I was fifteen. had been playing violin for a long time, and uh, I just just started to play guitar and was super into Jimi Hendrix and Cream. Hmm. At that point, I had a paper route. It's doing okay. I bought. Uh, let's see. It wouldn't be then. No. Nope. At that point, I had not yet bought my own guitar, but I, I did with a paper route the next year when I was sixteen. Oh, yeah. What it? Was was your first took guitar. a long time. I my first really great guitar that I bought. Um, the first guitar I bought was a Les Paul, uh, a '73 Les Paul Deluxe. Oh. With mini humbuckers. Yeah, to save with a little a bit. A for repaired that. neck. Yeah, and it was five hundred dollars at Twin City Music House.
1: Oh, Twin City! And
2: they let me pay for it in uh, installments each week because the guy who was selling it on consignment was friends with my older brothers. They all knew each other. They all went to school together. Oh, cool! So it was like, oh, that kid sure. (coughs) Um, But my first good guitar is a Stratocaster. I was eighty-five. Fender Strat, my parents got for me. I started paying for it, um, and then they uh, paid for it outright. And the rest of the money I kept putting down on it, um, the guy just held for me, and we put it towards an app later. Oh, cool. Because he wasn't allowed to tell me that they had paid for it. It was a Christmas present. Oh, cool. So I didn't officially really buy that one. That was a gift. But yeah, Strat and Les Paul, my first two decent guitars. Cool.
1: And wait, so you bought the Les Paul uh, when? I I was
2: 16. Uh, it was a se- it was a seventy three. Cool. I bought it in nineteen eighty six. Oh okay. Yeah, it was 87. 86, The end of eighty six. I bought it. Oh okay. I had it for like three months, and it was stolen out of my house. Oh jeez. Yeah, along with my buddy's bass guitar. Somebody heard us playing, and when time no one was there, they walked right in. Wow. Yeah, never That's, seen it again. Happens to to the best of them, really. I mean,
1: bastards always stealing gear interesting I know it's valuable i mean i don't know what, what what do they do with it sell it how 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 did people not like find out they it's still stolen in pawn them? shops cuz they, they don't ask top dollar for it they just like what do you what will you give me this so 25 yeah. bucks i'll take it and they and give them g- a fake id or something yeah. it's yeah yeah it sucks sons of bitches yeah it's just like of all things like okay so you know you so you're a thief right so you you steal things because you know they're valuable right <laughs> and then you sell them for like pennies <laughs> on a dollar <laughs> Like, just so you can get your fix, whatever, you know, you got a fucking crack habit or whatever. So it's like... Oh, it's true. You know, you hear about all these bands that are on tour, then, like, their shit gets stolen all the time. And it's, like, gear that they've had for years or that they've <sighs> saved up for years to buy. I mean, because this shit's not cheap. I, bu- I have an organ in there. It's $1,400 when I, when I <laughs> bought it. Right. If that, if that gets stolen, I mean, luckily, it's only in my house, so no one come to my house. <laughs> um,
2: my I would say if they can make out with the organ, maybe... maybe they Maybe earned they it. earned it. Yeah.
1: Well, <laughs> some people steal vans. I mean, like, you know, right. Daryl Rabidou and the Cancer Conspiracy, their whole van got stolen. Really? In New York City. Oh, with all their gear. That.
2: Well, that's the way to do it. You don't want to break a window and yeah. take individual bits. Well, you know, if you're going to do it, yeah. You, you might take as well the do whole it right. thing. <laughs> professionals.
1: Yeah. Well, in New York City, too, I mean, they definitely probably were. Uh, yeah. They probably <laughs> got more top for those for those instruments, Yeah, too. <laughs> they probably did. <laughs> Stripped it. Hmm. Ah. Bastards. So, um... So what's new uh, in Dave Years world now? I mean,
2: oh, we got a busy July coming up. A lot of shows. Um, a lot of all star stars. Yep, the all star the, the ass the all star stars shows. Um, we're doing a uh, house party. We're doing the revival fest at dusk for Fourth of July. We're playing a Chinese restaurant. We're doing a trio gig outside hmm. at a r- another restaurant. And we're doing, uh, I'm excited about July 12th, we are doing at the News Cafe in Pawtucket, the Dave Tessier All-Star Stars Rock and Roll Circus, featuring the tall teenagers, who are fantastic. And uh, we have a great ringmaster, local actor, comedian, musician, Aaron Blank. We have uh, Ava Callery will be performing, and we will have the uh, Silhouette Opera Company performing, which is um, Mark Carter and Joe Auger. Oh, okay. Acoustic duo that yeah. do uh, covers and original stuff.
1: Oh, that's cool. Should I haven't seen those guys in, in forever. Uh, they're awesome.
2: They do uh, my Jesus Christ superstar show whenever we do it. Oh, really? They're my two e- evil priests. Oh, yeah. Fantastic voices. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, um, two of the best singers I, I know of in Rhode Island, and no <laughs> one knows who they are. It seems <laughs> they don't get their due.
1: Yeah. Well, I used to I used to frequent uh, Joe's open mic nights. At the old house Tavern.
2: So you've seen their material. Oh yeah. yeah,
1: and that was it was so epic. Like right. it was like every time I went, I was just I didn't I didn't know them at first. And I remember going one night, and you know I just saw what, what's his name Joe Auger and Mark Carter. Mark Carter. Mark Carter, Mark, Mark's Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, that or or the Sonny and Cher's uh, I Got You Babe. Oh, they, I used to do that with him. Yeah, he he'd, he'd flip the hair. Yeah, he's like yep. what? that was my idea. <laughs>
2: Was it? <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty sure if you saw it at the custom house, you saw it with me. You were there? Yeah. I used to go there all the time, and he was my buddy, and he, I, I suggested to him that we do that, and we started to do it. Well, he
1: did it by himself.
2: Oh, so he did it without me.
1: Okay. That's, yeah, yeah. Fun, that's no, cool, he, too. I,
2: every time I saw him, oh, he was by himself. Oh, oh, oh. We did it as a duo maybe three or four times down there, or back oh. in, in those those days. Yeah. And, he, yeah he, and it started with him. I knew he did a share impression. So I said, we have to, please, please, let's do it.
1: Yeah. Oh, he's great, man. He's he's definitely one of the
2: best. Yep, fantastic, fantastic yeah, singer, really. fantastic actor. I, uh, yeah, I, I would use him more if I could. I'm glad he's coming out. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, so that's uh, July 12th at the News Cafe. Is the okay. cast even going to be out by then? Uh, it takes a couple of days. Yeah, so maybe.
1: So it'll be out uh, by after July. If 4th. anyone's around. Come oh, the Fourth of July, by the way. Thank, you. Last, Thank uh, you. last episode was uh, St. Patrick's Day. Here we are on the 4th of <laughs> July now. Cheers,
2: America. And the Cheers, Rockets, America. red glare. God bless America. I don't want to give away anything, but this won't be out in time. Um, I think we're going to cover uh, Team America's uh, America Fuck Yeah to open oh, yeah. our set for the 4th of July. Nice. I think we want to uh, show our appreciation for America while at the same time our appreciation for absurd <laughs> comedy, yeah, I guess. Uh, so we'll see how that goes.
1: Is that at uh, Revival, you said, or is it at the That's the
2: Revival Fest. Uh, we're on the inside stage at dusk <coughs> okay. at 8.30. In the evening. Right. In the evening. Okay. I think it's $5 yeah. for the whole day. Oh, that's, that's great.
1: Bargain. Yep, bargain, because I'm sure there's that's a lot like, of good bands that's this, from yeah. like noon
2: until... I think Late it starts at evening. two, and two. yeah, okay. it's a great lineup, and I'm ignorant to what it is, because I have another gig that, that day. Yeah, I haven't looked into it. That makes sense. It's, yeah. a, it's better
1: that way to kind of walk into a surprise and
2: kind of see all the good acts. Well, we're going to walk in and set up and play is, is how it's looking like it's going to be, and then get to watch maybe two or three more <laughs> as we're at the end of the night. Yeah. And uh, we're playing, I don't know, Lakeville, Massachusetts. We're playing a, a house party until 5 o'clock in Lakeville, Massachusetts. Whoa. So I okay. think that's only like 45 minutes away. Yeah. So it should be all right. Cool. What could possibly go wrong? That's what I say. Famous last words. I'll have to check in with you on the 5th. <laughs> <laughs> on the 5th, we'll be playing the Oriental Pearl in Westport. Oh. Eight-track classics, three sets of deep tracks from the 60s and 70s. Cool. Any any cool gems in there that I, I might know? I like the uh, Indian Reservation by Paul Revere and the Raiders. Oh,
1: okay. Wow, yeah, you're going real deep. Yeah, yeah.
2: Paul Revere we and the do uh, the old Manfred Man Blinded by the Light. Oh, that's a good one. We do um, crowd favorite, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you? Uh, Gary Wright, My Love Is Alive. No, Gary. the Dreamweaver guy. He had another oh, song. Okay called My Love is Alive, which is pretty yeah. awesome. We do... Uh, I don't think I'm still stuck on Manfred Mann. Wasn't that the Bruce Springsteen song? Yeah, they covered it. Yeah, yeah. And okay. their version is kind of different. Oh, very different. It's, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's the version we do. Yeah, Springsteen w- has definitely given his nod to Manfred Mann yeah. to be like, that's like your song now. Yeah. <laughs> With all the weird, <laughs> whooshy keyboard sounds and stuff like that, it's great. Yeah. A up, ra- wrapped up like a douche, what's the lyric? Wrapped up like a douche. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of the I like to are. shush the audience at that moment revved up like a shh. but it doesn't always work
1: <laughs> the rabbit hmm so uh let's get right into it let me let me give you this what have we got show me you, you I think you'll you'd be kind of <sighs> impressed by this
2: because price
1: yeah right isn't that cool that sticker so last year we were here, we talked about uh, nursery crime. And the pressing I had was a German pressing. As a matter of fact, I still have that copy. Yeah, it's embossed in the back of the PRS. It's,
2: you still have the copy.
1: Yeah, it well never, fo- th- never sold. I can't believe it. Because listening back to that record and to that to the episode that we did together, I was just like, this fucking record is so good. It sounds so good. It's just a great album. And I found this copy of Trespass, which is also a German copy. And the copy of Foxtrot that I had at the time of our last episode, which has since sold, was actually just like this one. I would actually say that it, I would venture to say that it was actually probably pressed around the same year. Because it has that same sticker on the front. Or it had that same sticker on the front. I don't know who the happy owner is now and where it is, but it's out there somewhere.
2: This is great shape.
1: Yeah, again, right? Like, just fantastic. Pristine, flimsy on the card on the cardstock on the jacket again because it's a foreign pressing. Like I told you before. Um.
2: Oh, look at that! The original label. That's lovely. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I guess uh, between uh, as far as those labels are concerned,
2: uh, there has
1: been a couple of different variations where they have the larger Mad Hatter head, and then the newer. Oh. Issues of it have a smaller version
2: of okay, it. Okay, I never noticed that.
1: Yeah, I mean, you'd out. have to see so many of them just to, to figure it out. Is that sign A? Yeah, I got it. Yeah. Smash it on the booze. Oh, that booze. It's always uh, getting in the way. The booze. So, this let's see. This is a gorgeous shape. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: Again, a little pressed. Like, remember how I was t- showing you the yep, spine? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I would almost venture to say that this is from the same person, Like, but I've gotten this months after the fact. Like, I just got this recently. And that's why I had to call you up and get you in here. Because I was just like, trespass. This is...
2: So airy-fairy. So pastoral. Except so for English. That, Except for that knife. And then there's a knife in it. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: Isn't it groovy? These guys. I love this record. I don't love it as much as... Uh, some of the other records uh I, yeah. I find the first the first the second third and fourth albums to be uh really great with a couple of small hiccups if you will and the energy or just like some parts are a little slow yeah not tempo wise but just get boring you know mm-hmm. uh, all i think all of those first three albums uh suffer from that to a certain extent on a, in a couple of places yeah. mm-hmm. but in general are great this one, I think, stands up. It's as good as the, as Nursery Crime and Foxtrot. They just, well, actually, yeah, no, I forget what I was about to say. It still has the knife. You know, each one of the one of these albums has a kind of a centerpiece tune. Hmm. Supper's ready. Um, the musical box, boom, the knife. So I think this record stands up, and I think it doesn't get its due because uh, hmm. there's no Steve Hackett or Phil Collins on it.
1: Yeah, it's a a little weak in the
2: performance maybe. It's a little clunky. Yeah, I would say, yep, little for, for a little clunky. But for sophomore record. And again, these guys are like 22 or 23 at this time. Not even
1: because if Genesis from from Revelations came out in 69 right. uh, and they were between the ages of 15 and 17, that means are talking 18 to 20 maybe at this point, Tops. right? 15 to 18, yeah. Yeah, 16-18. So realistically speaking when you were 15 is when you started
2: playing guitar 14 but yeah oh okay 15 i started 15 playing. was when you bought your first guitars yeah yeah I, well i uh <coughs> i was given one when i was uh actually just before i turned 14 or no it was just after it was uh right after my birthday um and then i bought my own when i was 15 hmm. and so it was a little, little court C-O-R-T, oh, okay. a court yep uh it was all right. It was, it was just tiny. It was this really small guitar.
1: Oh, okay. But it worked. Yeah, that's good. Good, good so, learner guitar, obviously. Right? Yeah.
2: I wasn't recording anything until I was 18. What was your first recording? I did some guitar for um, a girl I knew. So this would have been when I was 18, just before going into college. Uh, a girl, a, a high school girl a uh, year younger than me she, for her senior project. She went to Wheeler and they did um, this thing. She could use the Brown Recording Studio. Mm. So she did a uh, a single, a two-sided single. And I played guitar on one of the songs. Okay. That was it. Came in. Did my thing there. And then uh, the first record I did for real would have been... Well, what's for real? I went to a studio we paid for and we released it. I was like 23 yeah. yeah. And what was that? That was uh, Honeybone, my band Honeybone. Um, uh, what was it called? Yanker My Wind Off. Yanker My Wind Off. It was a tape. Uh uh-huh. yeah, And then we uh, recorded and released. We recorded a bunch of stuff next that we didn't release. Then we did an, uh, out of that session, we released a single called The Grasshopper. A little while later, that was on 45-inch vinyl. And that was all I did with that band. Hmm. Okay. And again, I was maybe twenty-four at that
1: point. Cool. So, in between that, like f- from your very beginnings, like buying your first guitars when you were around fifteen, sixteen years old, years old to twenty-three, various just different bands you were working on is like nothing that was too serious. Just, uh,
2: I no, I kind of took it seriously uh, once I got into it, and I had bands in school. I I had a, a kid, a good friend of mine uh, played bass, so he was there. I actually had two good friends who played bass. That worked out. Drummers uh, were around. I managed to have a, a power trio going through most of high school. Oh, cool. A- and then out of high school, I joined up with that girl. She had, a, Well, actually, I helped her put a band together to a certain extent. No, I guess I didn't. She knew everybody but the bass player. I brought her a <laughs> bass player. I didn't really help. It was my suggestion that we play out, though. Yep. She had asked me to play for her final school concert. I said, we should you know, play out. So we played a couple of gigs, hmm. uh, but we never recorded all together. Uh, yeah, I kept busy. Then I went for, yeah, right from band to band. Uh, and then for a little while, I just did plays. I would say from when I was about 19 to 21, mm-hmm. I played guitar at home, went to sk- to school for music, and then did plays at night hmm. for the most part. I didn't really have a band at the beginning of college. Oh, okay. Huh. Cool, man. Yeah, you know, something. Yeah. I was obsessed with it.
1: Yeah, no, uh, it seems that you had been uh, very... Uh, immersed in it from a very young age and yeah, all the way. All yeah, the way I was up kind of
2: singular. <coughs> I, I didn't like too much stuff. I wasn't interested in a lot as a kid. Yeah. It was mostly comic books. And right. I liked listening to music. And when I realized I could play, I liked playing violin, but I didn't ever put it together that I could play. Other things that I wasn't just reading the dots. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Yeah. But it wasn't until I realized, and I don't know what took me so long to realize, that I, a guitar would mean I could actually play like Beatles songs and stuff that I liked. Right. And that that would be fun. It didn't ever occur to me until I was like 12. Huh. And then it became an obsession. And I, then, uh, yeah, I stayed very limited. I still liked comic books, but mostly just guitar. Yeah. And uh, I would imagine I was pretty difficult to hang out with for like. Till now. Still. <laughs> <laughs> Unless we're talking about something I like. Like yeah, Genesis, yeah. yeah.
1: Well, that's funny. That's actually kind of how we met. Kind of. We we met because uh, I was serving at Trinity Brewer House and you came in for lunch break. Mm-hmm. And you were by yourself. But it's always, always uh, you know, a, a a drawing point when a mus- musician sees another musician and has makes the connection that they are a musician. And yes. they're like... Oh, I can talk to this guy about music, because uh, you had like a like a like a I don't remember which it was it was Guitar like World I believe Guitar World or something yeah it was some kind of like music magazine or something yeah. or catalog that was by your side, and it's just like oh, you 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 play music
2: huh yeah. it's like Nobody g- else buys those mags. It's <laughs> <laughs> So true. Guitar World, <laughs> Guitar did give away.
1: Uh, yeah, yep. It's like oh, you do something. I gotta find out what you do.
2: Yeah, man. Yeah. And it turns out you are a staple of the Rhode Island music scene yourself. Yeah, I well I was. Not yeah. so much at these days. At that point you were.
1: At that point, yeah. Uh, yeah. I was working you know, at comic it. Comic
2: book superheroes was playing a lot when my old band, uh, Grandizer Punch, oh. was trying to get gigs.
1: Yeah, yeah, I remember, I remember that. you guys
2: being around. I think we probably have even shared a build then in that case. Once, maybe.
1: Once maybe twice. twice. Um, did you do the uh, Rattlehead Records series, like music no. series? They like I, I remember that. I never did that. You never did those? I don't think so. Oh, shit. Because I feel like, well, whatever. I mean, I, I felt like, because they were, like, trying to set up these shows at, like, high schools and stuff like that. Yeah. And I feel like we definitely did one.
2: Yeah. And, and no. I remember,
1: I can't remember who was organizing those events and who was trying to run Rattlehead Records. But, uh, I do But I remember them recording a lot of those sessions, too. Like, they would yeah. always, like, kind of just do some kind of CDR recording or something, just, you know. Really minimal production, but I think we have a recording of it somewhere.
2: Wow. Yeah. At uh, a high school? Well, we like were... Like in an auditorium?
1: Yeah, it was, like, some high school auditorium. Cool. I can't remember. <laughs>
2: that is really like, cool.
1: They, they, they hosted it for, like... Because we were already... I was already graduated. Yeah. But we were still playing, and they asked us to do this, like, high school gig. So I thought that was really strange, because it was just, like... They actually, like, sold tickets. Like, it was, like, some after-school show... And so kids at that school, like, bought tickets to come to the show. And I was just like, this oh. is so weird. But, you know, it was, it was really funny because it seemed like we were, like, rock stars. you know? right, we, right. And it's just because like the, these kids are like, whoa, these guys are, like, not much older than us. And they're, like, selling tickets at our school. <laughs> and, we're, and we're buying them. Yep. It's, like, so weird. I don't know what the hell that was
2: all about. Uh, it's easy to get kind of, like, the, the mass hysteria going when they're mm-hmm. teenagers. Yeah. yeah. Like, here's something. Right, it's something to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I never fell for it because I was already
1: getting involved. You know, because I was playing when I was right. fifteen too. I exactly. was already playing out. Yep. So it was just like at any time it was like a band's coming through. I'm just like, yeah. I didn't it have too much really of a matter.
2: peer pressure problem. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I always had something else I was interested in if I didn't want to do something. Right. But even uh, that
1: that perception that you have of like these people being like you know like un- in untouchable type of like rock stardom people, you know, like I never really had that. No, because I was no. just like I'm. I'm already playing out at clubs. So what? Like, yeah. I mean that. That's a. They're great bands. I'm sure they're great bands, but I don't care. I they're don't just normal people. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't know. That was. That's how I always thought of it. I don't. I, I don't get
2: starstruck. Usually. Every now and then. Easy to say till you run into somebody. Do you know for sure you don't get starstruck? I mean, there was a
1: couple times where I got a little giddy, um, but. Not really. I mean, like, who, who, who's one
2: of the most famous people you've got to meet? I walked into walked into well, physically uh, John Amos, the dad from uh, Good Times, seventies actor, big black yeah. man, great oh, okay. actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming to America, Eddie Murphy. Mm-hmm. He's, oh yeah, yeah. He's McDowell. Oh yeah. Right, right. His his restaurant. Okay. Uh, he's a great actor. I used to love that show, and I walked right into him, and it and there he was, and he was himself. He's older, but. He's this big, strong-looking man. yeah. And I was just amazed. And I didn't know what to say. I went, John Amos. He goes, Hello. <laughs> Looking down at me. He's such a big guy. And I, it, I just got flooded with cool memories of good times. He played a really great dad in good times. Right. I always liked the character. And I'm like, "This, you are just cool. You're just cool. And all the pictures of all the movies and shows he's been in behind him. You know? hmm. Now, on a, in a similar fashion, but not starstruck was a few moments later i I was down at our comic-con and right up in providence Uh and uh you know who william zabka is the bad guy from uh, the karate kid oh okay johnny cobra kai okay uh i have often touted how how awesome a bad guy he was in a bunch of different movies back in, in those days right and uh it was the same thing. I was just finishing talking to John Amos and my wife yells, David, you love William Zabka. And I turn around and I said, William Zabka, you know I love... Hey, William Zabka. <laughs> <laughs> and he was psyched that I was like talking so nicely about him without knowing he was there. He was really sweet to me. Yeah. And we chatted for quite a while. I didn't get starstruck, but it was just super cool. Now yeah. that's, I'm like, oh, here's just a guy. I know you're a guy. Right. I know what kind of job you do. Right. And I just appreciate the fuck out of it. John yeah. Amos, I was like, you're my TV dad. I don't know <laughs> what, why it hit me so hard. But uh, that was it. John Amos, how weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a little obscure. But, but also, afterwards, I was like, oh, yeah. Right. I met uh Jenna Elfman the last time around. I'm like she's very gorgeous. Jenna Elfman? Jenna Elfman, Dharma and Greg. Oh, okay. okay Got to get up on your actors, James. I
1: know. I I'm I've lost a lot of touch. I used to be very big movie buff and um ever since I have not worked at Well, uh, that's what I'm, t- I'm talking theater. about
2: people from back in the day. <laughs> well, no, they're not that old. I mean,
1: like that's that's, you know, uh references I can I can get them on yeah. board with, but um but yeah, the names are a little little iffy for me. Yep,
2: Jenna right. Elfman.
1: Yeah, I mean, you you tell me like where they're from. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. I know them. And Lance Henriksen. Now, what about musicians though?
2: I've never met anybody. You've never met any famous musicians. I met Eddie Vedder backstage oh. at Lollapalooza, uh, the first Lollapalooza, a uh, second Lollapalooza. Yeah. The one they did, okay. and uh, he was nice. He was walking. We were walking in the same direction. He looked at me. I was like, oh, hey. <laughs> and he says hey what's your name man and he just chatted with me for a second because i had questions it's like so yeah are you doing this song i don't know backstage you what know, you doing backstage? not backstage i'm sorry uh th- in the 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 behind the stage area oh okay uh you know the, the walkway behind the actual right, amphitheater because right. big people hang out yeah right. not okay th- he had just come from backstage and i had almost walked into him the direction i was going i just saw him i spotted him yeah and I was just right next to him, <laughs> and he was with a girl, and he looked over at me, and I'm like, hey, how you doing? Uh, he was very nice, but I, there was certainly no starstruck uh, stuff there. Huh. Um, no, I've met nobody. Well, Eddie Vedder's a pretty pretty famous one. That's a big one. Yeah, I guess it's pretty big. I guess. Oh, Shannon Hoon. He's dead. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Only briefly. Shook his hand. Good show. Chatted for a second. You really? know my buddy? Yeah, I know him. He's a good guy. Boom. That's <laughs> it so Yeah. Uh, both, so both very pleasant encounters. That's cool. River Phoenix, he's a musician, actor, but he was very, very drunk. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I, I didn't really have any conversation <laughs> with him. It's like, looking good. Good show. Yeah. That's it. I think it's all huh. for musicians. Right.
1: But so all those times, you know, never like a big deal to you necessarily. It's just like, obviously... Uh, kind of momentous in and, and, and at the time especially looking back at it now and especially those two River Phoenix and, and Shannon Hoon
2: oh yeah I knew, I knew I knew how big away. they were at the time but yeah right. but now with but them yeah, being
1: gone it's like even yeah, that's even worse it's interesting yeah
2: um, but yeah what are you gonna do man everybody dies it's,
1: Yeah, it's true <coughs> so um, what was I gonna say about this record huh well, what can you tell me? You're, you're, you're my expert. You're the guy, that my, you're my local source for, for Genesis information.
2: So, um, I, I, if I remember correctly, I want to say this was recorded at Trident Studios. Correct. Um, it was the first time they, they say they were in a real studio. Right. So, they feel, they count it as their first real record. Hmm. Um, they had been working on these songs live for a long time, um, as opposed to the, uh, from Genesis to Revelation songs, which are basically just written and then recorded. They didn't really play out right too much at that point. Somebody
1: had, uh, had kind of scouted them.
2: And yep, Jonathan King was his name. He had uh, was an older boy who had been at their school. Mm-hmm. And he graduated and somehow got a job at some record company and signed somebody who had a brief hit in like 67. So he was kind of a bigwig or something when he came back to school to visit. Yeah. And they uh, apparently accosted him and gave him a tape. Hmm. And he liked that they sounded like the Bee Gees. Mm-hmm. And then he thought, oh, I can be a genius producer. So he re- he paid for them to record from Genesis to Revelation. But he also is responsible for all the weird strings that are on a couple of the songs. Yeah. Because he was going for a certain th- kind of style. Yeah, clearly. Um, Something that Genesis was not necessarily... They were not into it at all. Yeah. They were glad to record. But uh, after that, they got rid of John... Actually, I think John Silver, that drummer, left. And... When they got John Mayhew, they, they got kind of a boost because he was a much more professional drummer. He had been playing in bands prior. Yeah. Yeah. So at this point, you have the lineup of uh, Peter Gabriel and Tony Banks, who are school friends. You have Mike Rutherford and Anthony Phillips, who are school friends. Anthony Phillips played guitar, and they had a r- rotating drummer seat, which uh, was initially filled by Peter Gabriel, strangely enough. A lot of people don't realize. Yeah, He he started as a drummer and initially played drums, but he was a better singer than Anthony Phillips, so they made him the singer. Hmm. Probably more theatrical would be my guess. Yeah, it definitely worked out for them. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'll say. Good move on their part. Um, So Anthony Phillips was considered by the rest of the band the guiding light. He was the primary songwriter. Hmm. He was uh, a big part of the whole influence of the 12-string guitars. Yeah. he plays the electric guitar in this record, and we'll talk about that later. You know, he has a, a you know pretty aggressive style when he needs to, and uh, apparently he kind of had a breakdown after this and didn't want to play in front of people. He had uh, tremendous stage fright, yeah, and so he quit. And they thought they should quit, and he told them not to, but they really thought that without him they couldn't do it, right. which is really amazing. Uh, but when they decided to go on, they decided to clean house and get rid of their drummer as well. Because they felt that he basically was keeping up as opposed to propelling them, yeah, and uh, then they put out the ads and got Phil Collins and Steve Hackett not long after a couple of months, if I recall
1: yeah, had to have been pretty quick because the next record was only
2: was only released like an, a year after this right so and a lot of that material was already being worked on while they were recording this, apparently right yeah, yeah, from what I understand it, a bit of the musical box was part of Anthony Phillips. Mm-hmm. that carried over oh, okay if I were, eh, i'm not sure which part but that sounds right to me uh what else does there to say about this album yeah, yeah. it's kind of a beginner's effort you hear where they're going with it and uh yeah
1: i think it definitely pertains to uh the rest of the catalog looking back at it now uh as far as you know kind of very very close uh in 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 style and sound to uh (coughs) uh nursery crime the follow-up and then foxtrot after that and then selling england by the pound all of those are very very similar in sound whereas that very first record which obviously now we've kind of discredited as 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 their first (laughs) in general um which Data had a very different feel because if if no one has listened to it i only listened to it today and like i told you it it just sounds like Jefferson Airplane, really. I, I love the early BGS, but yeah, early BGS. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, just it does not a very, sound like Genesis. It has kind a very distinct point. '60s psychedelic rock sound to it. Yep. You know, so this was definitely a this very much of
2: a. I don't think there's any electric guitar. I think it's all acoustic and piano. I don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember now. I mean, I have a horrible memory. <laughs> but um,
1: but yeah, it was definitely way mellow, not very. Prague sounding not,
2: not a very lot of experimental sounds or no. <laughs> structures, nothing like that. So, yep. uh, Another bit of info on this, if I recall correctly, uh, Tony Banks uh, always considered himself a piano player, and he wasn't comfortable playing the organ, and he felt that this album was the first time he got a handle on it. Okay. And I think that is it has great organ playing on it, so I don't, yeah. know, I don't know where he was at beforehand. Huh. He's, he's the primary keys player, correct?
1: Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's strange. Let's give it a whirl and uh, and let's uh, try to listen up to that. Listen up for that.
0: Looking for someone? I guess I'm doing that. Trying to find the memory in a dark room. Dirty man,
1: you're looking like a Buddha. I know you well. looking like a Buddha. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so the, the lyrics. Lines. Good God. Yeah. I don't believe I can.
2: guitar slightly out of tune. Hmm. <laughs> lovely. It works, though. I have no problem with it. Yeah. <laughs> What's a microtone between friends? That's what I always say. <laughs> it's their second record. Come on. First time in the studio. All, they got all the, the, all the nerves, right? So they used to oh, yeah. construct their old sets to build up an in intensity. So this was like their third song. I Not that, that third song. A third song from the end, if I recall. Oh, and they would do this, then stagnation, then the knife. That's all they had. Oh, okay. and everything else you notice is softer so they, they would start with like Dusk which is later oh, great vocals on this I think Mike Rutherford's bass playing is, is very very competent on this record and it it he, his style just gets uh, it doesn't change at all over the next four records except just get tighter and better with it yeah very very busy <coughs>
1: yeah i mean thinking spe- specifically back to um nursery crime uh i can't remember which track it was now but i remember it was uh the second side i think there's something like that the really <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. kind of like drives the song like yep. you, you had
2: mentioned how like, yeah that's the last song that it cuts out okay yeah
1: yeah so i mean he progressed pretty quickly
2: so it same like
1: they all did but i mean i guess that's what happens when you are just it's all they did yeah, yeah. you're just into the music, and you're just, I mean... Focused on playing it right. Yeah, um, and, it, and it goes again with that whole thing about how they were just, like, producing so quickly, you know? I mean, like, yeah. seriously, for, for to bang out a record in a year, like, nobody does that anymore. And no. I'm not even speaking about the the physical aspect of, like, getting it pressed and getting it out, because that takes time, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, more time these days especially to press vinyl Um,
2: this is very proto Genesis right here yeah this breakdown I mean this is clearly the
1: beginning of like where their career was going to take off like well it sounds like what they were going to be yeah exactly yeah
2: great organ playing great guitar playing yeah so let's see this if this drummer's keeping up
1: recorded June through July 1970 released October 23rd 1970 this pressing is a post March 1972 it's as old as me oh yeah March
2: two? no no But the record, not this one, the original record is as old as me. I was born October 1st, 1970. Oh, okay. Cool. But uh, yeah, I guess this one's a little younger. A little bit. Just a couple years. (laughs) Wow.
1: Well, maybe. It says post 72, so I guess it could be
2: somewhere between 73, 74. This sounds like something off of Foxtrot with the flute. I'm having a
1: hard time differentiating uh, differentiating their records. Yeah. Because I, I never had. Like I never had a good um, relationship with Genesis, you know. So yeah. I just recently have kind of been ex- exploring their records and you Listening know. Listening to it all at once
2: is yeah. It's very similar.
1: Two or three listens at a time. You I know? have a hard time
2: with the uh, second. I'm sorry, the, the final side of "Lamb Lies Down on Broadway." I still don't know which song is which on that. I couldn't tell you. I've yeah. listened to it tens of tens of times. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's hard. I mean, like
2: the rest of it, I know like the back of my hand. With it's something the same about thing the end, I just I get confused because it's so similar. They ran out of ideas. They just basically did a lot of the same stuff for right. the last yeah, side. I can imagine. Asia. I just saw Asia, Sunday.
1: Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, I did.
2: Uh, I did the episode about them with uh, Daryl.
1: Nice. Because. Uh, I don't know that album as well the debut Asian yeah.
2: record. god it's horrible <laughs> I, I kind of okay,
1: I'm not surprised I mean no okay so it it definitely has it's not like this like this but with a very uh, pop and synth uh, like overlapping Production. over it yeah. yeah and I guess that's kind of the problem with it you well, know that's what they were
2: going for they were trying to be freaking yeah. prog pop right and Right. you can't do
1: that I, well, you can obviously because they did it and they did it well. I mean, they sold four million copies of that of that record off that one song, two songs, two songs, two hits. But really, the one song. Yeah, <laughs> but really, the one. four million records of that first record sold that blows my
2: mind. Anybody cared that much? Well, now, that's, now that's did the GTR pop. sell any records? GTR. Okay, a couple. Of the, I want to say early '90s. Steve Howe and Steve Hackett got together. For a prog rock pop band again oh, okay and they didn't have any other names in the band it was just them they had one video one single couldn't tell you how it went
1: and uh, they were I, called
2: GTR GTR guitar because <laughs> they both play guitar yeah and see, uh, no because they were all playing guitar is that what, is No because they both play guitar Steve Howe and Steve Hackett okay Genesis Yes guys together
1: yeah but see that's that's where that it didn't work because it wasn't like a if it wasn't a structured band if it wasn't like a you know your like your your typical structure you know bass guitar keys drums Oh that might be interesting. <laughs> well no I mean because if it's just two guitar players and that's like the focal point like that's obviously the two of them as guitarists primarily like Maybe it's a little too out there for, for the pop community. Sure. Like, yeah, for a prop band, it works out fine. You could probably do it, and then you have your typical success.
2: But they have a trying to, had it be, Yeah, if
1: it's <laughs> trying to be like a like a pop mainstream success thing, it's like it's well, not they the were a band with the two of them. It was a
2: band. I mean, they had a singer and whatnot, but yeah. it was just bad. Yeah, just and I, it makes me wonder if they sold any records. Hmm. So now we go into White Mountain. Okay. White Mountain. This is, uh, I don't know who wrote the lyrics to what on this. Um, this one feels like Tony Banks because he likes to write the mythology. I think he wrote "Squonk" on the uh, "Trick of the Tail" record. It's not weird enough to be uh, Peter Gabriel. Hmm. Gabriel makes up words and he like mixes words together that don't make sense. Uh huh. Whereas the other two guys just narrate. Okay this is one of those you know prog rock mythology songs it's great it's got a little Spanish feel love it a little bit yeah
1: Peter Gabriel has always had that voice too yeah that kind of weird rasp yeah 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 I mean, considering he he seems like he was probably, you know, very childlike during his recording, really. I mean, even if he was the oldest, he was 17, 18 years old.
2: Yeah, tops, right.
1: But he's always maintained that voice, because even later on in his career, he still has that same sound to his voice. Very strange. Do you know he he
2: went back and re-recorded the vocals on a live album? Really? The Genesis line? Okay, Genesis had uh, a Lamb Lies Down on Broadway recording in its entirety. Okay. But there were some issues with the recording of the vocals, where they cut in and out, or he wasn't near the mic enough. And uh, the guitar, apparently something went wrong with the recording of the guitar. And uh, they remastered it, and he went in and he redid like 90% of the vocals. And Steve Hackett fixed a couple of guitar parts. And they released it, and it sounds great. It's I mean, you, you would not know yeah, uh, unless you A B'd them. And then when you A them, you realize how much better he sounds now oh, than okay. he used to. Huh. He was really thin. Oh, okay. Uh, he couldn't hit a bunch of notes, so he had a bad night. I think that might be part of why they wanted to re record it, too. Uh, but he had a strange warble that he finally got rid of. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, he, he, That kind of thing. And uh, on YouTube, there's a woman who's really in the Genesis who A.B.'s it, and he sounds so much better now, and you'd think rock singers just are going to wear themselves down. He didn't. He, you no. know, he just built in a, a richness, Yeah, built up, huh. um, and he, for the most part, hit all the notes he needed to. You know, it was yeah. impressive, and
1: that's my story. I like it. No, I mean, I, I've always liked him as a singer, really. Um, you know, I've my earliest uh experiences with peter gabriel was was him solo um shock somewhere the monkey somewhere around yeah that like which is one of his solo records that's just self-titled yep. one yeah one of yeah, the four. Four, four in a row yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, like, i think so is the first one that's not maybe
1: i think it's the first one that doesn't yeah that's actually has a title to it yeah even though so it's called So. Us
2: and yeah uh but yeah shock the monkey games without frontiers was another single okay when I was like in high school it was a great weird song
1: yeah and uh what was the other big one? Oh, then I think it was later it was probably either so or us it was uh Sledgehammer yeah that's so okay that was a monster record
2: yeah tons of hits off that it
1: was so great right. yeah so I that's that's kind of like what I remember most like being a kid and like kind of watching MTV and seeing those videos oh, yeah. in and your were, eyes oh Sledgehammer the, the big time the say anything soundtrack don't give fucking, up. yeah Oof murderers all of them but so that was and so I, yeah i always loved the singing from all those songs yeah, and my experience too. with those songs i've,
2: I've seen, seen him live a, a few times three times three times always great always sounded good the yeah. last time he was a little heavy and slow but he still sounded fantastic and the band sounded great yeah you know he wasn't climbing all over the place anymore
1: yeah, well, it, it's it's unfortunate that it, it tends to happen with the singers as they get older. Is that they usually can't hit the same notes? Their voice literally changes. Yep. I mean, it's just something that happens. You can't kind of can't keep up with that same.
2: I've heard conflicting things. I've heard them say like Pavarotti, his voice, that the, the, the classical tenor's voice don't mature till the thirties. I've heard stuff like that. Okay. I've understand. heard. All sorts of different things. Uh, I think uh, some people just don't have the same wear and tear. Yeah. And they're not using it for the same stuff. Right. So Pavarotti, apparently, his last performance, he lip-synced or something. It was outside, and it was freezing cold, and he couldn't sing. And so they went on with it, and they lip-synced. But up until he died, apparently, he was still very vocally strong. Hmm. And that's doing some pretty serious stuff. Now, I, I do believe that he couldn't hit a bunch of the top anymore like what you're talking about right but i uh, again i wonder like how much is it wear and tear the dude in um the zombies oh his yeah. voice has changed incredibly but he's still if anything is hitting those high notes like stronger now he's belting them as opposed to hitting them <laughs> legitimately right like he used to you know he used to be very soft with the high notes yeah and now he's kind of like she's not there! He's kinda screaming yeah. that. he's got to it out but he i don't hear any like loss of
1: no, he's a great example, because I, I went to saw it, see them on that on that most recent reunion tour doing the Odyssey and Oracle, and um, it was amazing.
2: And he sang, He uh, was great.
1: Hold your head up. He sang the hell out of that. That's high. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. some high stuff. Yeah, no, I was very impressed with how well he sounded for his age. You know, I mean, he's, he's an older guy. He's uh, probably, what, mid to late 70s, right? Oh, gotta be. Gotta I think be so. in the 70s.
2: I want to want to say early '70s. I want to say he, he just had a, his 71st. Mm-hmm. Either he or Rod Argent just turned 71. Okay. So it's going to be close. Yeah. You know. But either way, I mean, that's either way. It was very impressive. Um, I, apparently, the thing that happens when we get, we all get old, is the loss of control. <laughs> that the voice starts to waver. Mm-hmm. And that's not necessarily the range, not necessarily power in certain spots, but the control of pitch. Starts to go as the muscles weaken. Mm-hmm. Like that's okay. Well, fortunately, I've been pitchy forever, so no one will notice. <laughs> we move on to visions of angels. Visions of angels. Is it or pictures of angels?
1: Isn't that uh, something that um, Peter Peter Gabriel? Ooh, that was like one <laughs> of his suggestions for the band's name before they landed on Genesis. Something like that. I don't
2: know. Maybe. It was something weird like that. Maybe they used to use it on I know on their flyers, say Genesis Live, Visions of Angels, all around. <laughs> huh? It's weird. a pretty psychedelic song, I guess.
1: They they all have their moments of psychedelia for sure. Yeah. Like for the most part, they sound very straightforward. Um, like even now not so psychedelic i mean it sounds very kind of typical folky yeah this was almost nice taken you
2: could hear just the chords and yeah you, like, identify them as opposed to when it's all like but as as it's building
1: yeah like you hear that little weird organ in the background it's very alien-like sounding you know and then builds up modulation yeah i don't know well i'll save it for later but um
2: It's a pretty cool organ part. You hear that out of one ear? Just the organ. Yeah,
1: Yeah, I'm not. I got it um, in my right ear. I have it in my left. (coughs) I'm not um, crazy about the sound of this record right now. It has a little bit of crackle to it, a little bit of surface noise. It's kind of bumming me out. It's good, it still sounds good.
2: I hadn't even noticed.
1: I'm terrible. Yeah, well, because. the nursery crime record that we listened to, the first side was like almost pristine. The second side I sounded like this. Ah. Had moments of just kind of like a, maybe a little bit lighter crackle, you know. But it's not that bad. <coughs> so we were talking about uh, psychedelic sounds, landscapes, or whatever that they do in their music. This one's still pretty, like, pretty mellow, pretty...
2: All the instruments are no- c- very normal. Yeah. But now what are they doing with it here? They go somewhere
1: that's weird. Yeah, that's, that's their thing. They always go somewhere weird. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Back to the piano. Build up. The organ. Oh, it sounds like they're live in the studio. I don't hear an extra instrument here. Oh no, they're probably. Yeah, they're probably all. It's not like organ life. and piano. It's just organ, just guitar. Right. And they're messing with the panning all the time.
1: No, uh, you said Tony Banks was the keys player, correct? Guitar, bass, keys. Yep. Okay. I think it might be the next song.
2: I think the drummer's fills and parts are good, but it just sounds like he's playing along as opposed to pushing it. Right. Phil Collins, like, you you feel the drums. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. It's just like the band had to kind of catch up to him as far as, like, his intensity and his, like, what, what he would play, maybe.
2: You know, have you ever played with a drummer that you feel like you have to, like, drag along with you?
1: Hmm. No, you're lucky. <laughs> you haven't. Well, I haven't had, I haven't
2: had been able to sit sitting with many drummers. I don't think. Yeah, there, there are drummers that play uh, that push. There are drummers that sit, and there are drummers that drag. That's normal. And that's just a feel thing. And th- 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 each of those feelings are useful. Mm-hmm. But then there are some drummers who, their job is to create. to tap into the heartbeat of whatever's going on. You know. Right. That's their job they got to be able To tap into it And then ride it For everybody And there are some Drummers who don't Tap into it They follow yours Right Right And I I, can, I notice it immediately Oh okay I, I Immediately And it's yeah. not just somebody who doesn't Know the song It's someone who's Waiting for shit to happen <laughs> It's a, maybe A confidence thing I don't know Yeah But a lot lot of drummers Are pretty competent You wouldn't notice If they're playing With competent people mm-hmm. But if uh, you had To rely on them They're not going To keep it together yeah. Okay. And, uh, other dr- to me, a, a real drummer or a drummer I would prefer to work with um, is somebody that if we all stop, there's still music. You know, whatever oh, he's yeah. doing, there's still music. Right. You know, it's Well not like just a, following along, like not just going to to to. to, to you know. Right. But Is making his own song.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's an integral part to the band. I mean, drummers are backbones. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, so I'm, I've always been a bass player. So for me, it's just like I am hand-in-hand I am hand with, the, with the drummer. You know, we, we obviously we work together all the time. Yeah. So I don't know if it's maybe a, a guitarist and maybe a lead's uh, relationship with the drummer in the back, because
2: the, it's, it's for th- me it's a singer. Yeah. You know, I, I right. need something, I because I sing and play, I, I need a lot of support. Yeah. I need to be able to make mistakes and not have to fall apart. I've been in a lot of bands where just the other two to three guys are just hanging on your every word, just <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like deer in headlights. And they're just, you know, they they are meant to be in a different band, just not with me. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> they can have their bands. They're yeah. fine. Uh-huh. They're good people, I'm sure. But, uh no, I yeah. I, I need everyone to do their job. Plus, right? Yeah, that's well, what makes it great—a little plus.
1: Yeah. Well, it's always better to be in a band with a bunch of people that are kind of standalone players because you know you can be secure that whatever, wherever I may falter, they're gonna pick up for that. That's
2: the thing. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. If you if you feel like well if I fuck up and I have an off night and I, I mess up whatever. Then the band's not going to carry on. The band, the whole thing's going to fall apart. That's not a good feeling. No. So I can understand that. I've
2: I've seen bands I wasn't in where I could just tell that was going on. Yeah. Where there's like one guy doing all the work and everyone else just kind of looking at him, looking at each other. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No. I I guess I could see that. Side one. Visions of Angels. Not a favorite of mine. Visions of Angels. No. But it's not terrible
1: it's uh, i mean they're good songs they're uh, you know i definitely don't discredit them you know i mean in my in my younger age i'd probably hastily kind of uh uh write this off as like yeah it's 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 only okay
2: the first song though didn't save that side for you i think looking for someone's a little bit exceptional that makes me want to hear the second side whereas if it was just those two tunes i yeah. might have given up right
1: you know. Well, that's that was the th- that's the weird thing about records and the way they m- used to make records was that they probably had did that purposefully, you know. Whereas now it's just
2: like you just look for the single no matter what because that's not the way they played live. That was yeah. the thing they realized that I guess that they better put something kind of slamming at the beginning, right, with some energy, because yeah, the, the fang and the uh, angels there, yep. just not that exciting. White now, s- side two, White Mountain, Fang. It's about Fang. Oh, okay. Fang's frantic pause told the tale of his sins. They never clear up what his sins are. But apparently the wolf pack... Oh, no, they do. They say Fang uh, dared to trespass where no wolf may tread. The lost something of the dead. That's right. So now they have ousted him from the the pack, I guess. And they're going to kill him. But they they talk. But they're wolves. So I don't know (laughs) what's up with the White
1: Mountain song. It's never been a
2: favorite of mine. Okay.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, it's more of that flowery poeticism or something that uh, I'm assuming Peter Gabriel is responsible
2: for. I disagree in this case. Um, I do believe he's responsible for a lot of it. I don't think that's him. because, As as I was saying earlier, he tends to be more... um, absurdist with his lyrics. Yeah, if you go down to Jeez. Willow Farm to look for butterflies, flutterbys, gutterbys, something like that. He likes stuff like that. Um, whereas uh, Tony Banks is all, uh, uh, what's it like, mythic? Um, he he writes. He, I think he wrote the lyrics of the Fountain of Salmacus oh, okay. from Nursery Crime, I believe. Uh, I think White Mountain is him, hmm. but we could do the research find out. But that's my guess, just from experience listening to their lyrics. Wait, wait we'll,
1: we'll get to it. Oh, wait, White Mountain and Dusk have been worked out by Banks and Rutherford before deciding to record the album. The whole group worked on the music for Nation It's not giving me anything about uh, who did the lyrics.
2: However, Rutherford, I. that's what I was saying earlier, uh, the Rutherford and uh, Banks lyrics, I can generally not tell apart. Uh, mm-hmm. Though, as it turns out, actually, okay, looking at the whole catalog of work, Rutherford is v- very much more the love song guy. Okay. I now realize. Okay. So he wrote, um, oh God, Off Selling England by the Pound, More Fool Me was his song, which is very, very, you know, uh, lovely little acoustic <coughs> love tune. Um, but yeah, from what I understand, uh, Tony Banks, he liked to get weird and wordy. He. Because I know he wrote the words to... This is why I have this opinion now. I'm I'm putting it all together. Um, Tony Banks wrote the words to Firth of Fifth, okay? Which is off-selling England by the Pound. Uh That song and the lyrics have a specific style that I believe I recognize elsewhere. And that's why I'm forming opinions as to which ones Tony Banks wrote without any real knowledge. Okay. So I, I could be full of bunk here, but my guess is that <laughs> the, the oh, Wolf song was Tony Banks. Yeah, I'm gonna save Peter Gabriel.
1: Okay, we'll we'll, we'll have to fact check that later. And I think uh,
2: Stagnation
1: is Peter Gabriel. I think you're right. I think I just saw that so little that's fact the one in about there.
2: Like nuclear war. Oh geez. So I love the second side. I think it's great.
1: Yeah. Uh, this is a pretty short record overall. Well, it's Ooh. only six songs, right? I mean, a little lengthy. Tracks. Listen. I think
2: the longest song is eight and a half minutes. Okay. Eight fifty-five. The knife. And that's the last song. Okay. Not so bad. I see. A this to me is the blueprint of the later Genesis. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's a beautiful summer day. There's grassy hills. Hmm. Gabriel's yeah. singing. Particularly delicate and you start to hear his water imagery, which he uses for the rest of his career. Yeah. Buried, they bury his vocals at the top.
0: Yeah.
1: So weird, it is pretty low in the mix. There we go. They bumped it up
2: or he got closer to the mic maybe. I think that's just one take, (laughs) and he just got closer, that's where they left it. They left it where the (laughs) loudest part was. That's
1: kind of like what I heard about, uh, it was, we were were talking Funhouse last episode, um, Dongaluchi produced that. Yeah. He was a keyboard player for, uh, the Kingsman? Famously recorded. Louis? Louis, Louis. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so he was saying how when they went to record Louis, Louis, the, uh, you know, at the time, rock and roll was not a a big thing, and, you know, uh, recording engineers especially kind of, like, you know, put their nose up to the whole thing, being like, it's like, what are these guys doing? Yeah, they're (laughs) coming in here hooting and hollering and acting like jackasses, and um, so they had, like, placed everything, like, for a standard recording session, and uh, the singer was very nasally. The Little Singer. That. Yeah. Okay. So, so they were asking the engineer. It's like, hey, do you think we could just like turn that down a little bit or something? You know? And he's just like, that knob. You see that knob right there? It's like, that knob doesn't move. Like this guy was just <laughs> just being the asshole. He's being like, no, 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 no. Like you guys, you guys are doing something wrong in there. Like we don't, we don't we touch, touch this. Never t- no one touches this knob. Yeah. It's like it's like it's set for for magic all the time. <laughs> so we don't fuck with this. So their answer to that was like oh okay well how about we change the mic setting oh that to talk about that change the mic setting we'll do it more like a room mic so we'll we'll put it up we'll put it up on a boom and it kind of recorded this whole room sound and that's how Louie Louie got that sound to it it was much more uh, naturally reverb-y yeah Um, and it was because of that they just like the engineer wouldn't change the levels. so they were like okay well let's change the placement of the mic and where we sit yeah yeah and so the singer was kind of like shouting from a distance to the mic instead of being up close
2: on it sure so yeah that can have something to do with the. I've experimented with that one of my bands uh, the drummer was very wealthy and had a very big house and we used his very tall ceiling room to record one day and we tried a bunch of different things So one was the one mic thing the one good tube mic in the room yep and trying to like, separate ourselves and it sounded really authentic it sounded like shit for us but it's like okay that yeah for Elvis that's fucking great <laughs> uh, we got good here
1: well so that effect that they did on the keys? Oh, do yeah. You, do you know how he did that? Yes, I do. Oh, okay. Do you? Well, I think I heard the story recently, so...
2: Oh, from what I understand, uh, and that's why he uses the L-Series Hammond organs, uh-huh. Uh they don't have a two-switch. Most Hammond organs folks um, have two switches to start it. You have to oh, hold careful. one and then you hit the other. But the L-Series is just one switch in the M-Series. And so when you turn off that one switch, the organ
1: goes, so he had to turn the organ off and on, yes, to get that drop pitch, yep. right? That's what I believe he's doing. That's what I heard, yeah. What uh, I heard was a, was a simpler version of that, just saying that he turned the organ on and off, <laughs> yes. But it, I was just like, I, you know, knowing that you can't
2: do that with a C3 or a B3 organ,
1: yeah. It means like warm up time, right? Yep. Like if you turn it, flip it back on, you yeah, have a like, generator
2: cool. that, like. Starts the motor. Yeah, it doesn't work at all. You can do it with a Hammond Porta because mm-hmm. That's the one switch. Boobie. Yeah. Uh, apparently, the guy in the Genesis tribute band had to have a special switch installed because their vintage organ had had the switch replaced, oh. and it didn't work. It just uh. turned it on and off. So they had to <laughs> like get an old one to make it work just for that one song. Jesus. Well, how fun though. I bet that's really
1: fun shit. No, that's a uh, that's a great like kind of example of like guys that are like pushing the envelope in discovery just trying to to discover their instruments what's possible because you know no no one had done that prior to this probably there had probably been no successful pitch shifting <laughs>
2: that's a good on point. recording really
1: good point 70 i mean Yeah, successful now, now they,
2: musical and well done right. right i mean now they have maybe frank zappa did it but
1: yeah, but was he recording in '70? Yeah, he, he, he was. We started was But he wasn't doing any of the weird, like, psychedelic stuff. And oh, he was weird from the beginning. Oh, wait, shh.
2: For those of you listening,
1: for those of you only listening, Water. you should be tuning into the video and watching Dave's movements.
2: Water. <laughs> Water. How many Peter Gabriel songs mention water? Hmm. A shit ton. He likes the imagery. Is he a Pisces? Ooh, I don't know. Might be a little water baby. So now this little riff that we're going to go into, the outro of this song, was a staple of Genesis concerts for a long time. They would use it in a medley, and they would end, end the medley with that. And it'd be like the only old song they supposedly played hmm. and the cage from The Lamb. But they basically would play nothing from anything before The Lamb Lies Down on Broadway, oh. except for The Cage. And then they would do, uh, a, like I said, a medley of a bunch of instrumental shit that would end. Uh, I'm sorry, not this part yet. I forget, this has like three endings. <laughs> it's gonna end again, and then the final ending is the one they, they kept in concerts for a long time.
1: Huh? That's weird. So they would actually they would chop it at up. the
2: end of different songs and different keys. Yeah. of vocals yeah I wanna drink I want drink you said it Peter watch out the milk that is deep in my blood <laughs> <laughs> it's filthy I wanna drink. song about a nuclear war I don't I don't get any of that from the lyrics I only know that from reading interviews oh wow I'm like that does you're making that shit up
1: yeah that's a stretch it's a stretch Peter but I'll drink to your health
2: here we go this plays on flute first but now this builds into this big organ riff Big organ riff. You
1: said it. You're, you're, my my twelve-year-old should
2: be thirteen in three days. Oh. Jack, uh, he's discovered. That's what she said. Oh, uh, that's good. It's all over the place. <laughs> all over the place. But does
1: he know what the reference
2: is? Yeah, no, because we're very, oh, okay. very clear with our children. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, because well, cause like cause he used to do it for everything. Right. And well, we had the explain listen, unless it sounds dirty, just don't do it, all right? <laughs> <laughs> we, we're, we're very serious about our comedy in my house. <laughs> <laughs> unless it's something dirty, don't do it. That's what she said. Right. Uh, it, we said specifically, it's got to refer to a penis of some sort. And uh, secondly, don't do anything more than three times. <laughs> that's it. It's not funny anymore. <laughs> It's true. I've been still listening to my children since birth. Three oh. times. <laughs> cool. That's that's a good that's a good rule. I gotta I gotta
1: teach my kids that one. No more. That's what she said. There's one. Yeah. As soon as my kid <laughs> As soon as my kid's gonna laugh, it's just
2: like oh, I going to do it again. I'm yeah. gonna say it again. Three. I'm gonna say it again. Then, when you do laugh for the three, then the fourth would just. Right. Still comedies is in threes. <laughs> Everybody knows that. Oh. 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 Listen to the shit in he- with headphones much more. Same thing's happened to me as last time. All of a sudden, all these little pieces I haven't heard since I was a kid start coming out. It's like, That's right. There's a little tinkly piano behind my head. <laughs>
1: God damn. When you were a kid, did you like normally listen on headphones?
2: Nope. Oh, nope. Okay. Uh, only at night when it was late. Uh, oh, so most right. of the time, I had it blasting. I liked it vaguely loud. Uh, and then headphones were n- never by choice, but always was cool. I mean, especially when you want to listen at night and you don't want to disturb anybody. Yeah. You don't let anybody know what you're doing necessarily. Ah, Dusk. People consider this one a throwaway, I think, but I think this is one of their most lovely melodies ever, and I would like to have heard them do it, huh. uh, or have kept it. Or have, there's no live versions. No.
1: From the way it's opening, it doesn't sound like a live song. Like you wouldn't really no, throw wouldn't that in the into set. That as boring as they may have been live yeah I mean that is it, is it a British maybe at a
2: Celtic th- woman show
1: <laughs> is it a British thing
2: cuz like I think like they're so afraid of looking stupid they look stupid standing still I agree but I think that it's like this whole thing about reserve and civilization all right <laughs> all right you Brits lost me but, um,
1: but like the other band that comes to mind when I think about this like immobility on stage is Oasis <laughs> have you ever seen them play like live or uh, some, some at least video footage the videos? Video. I have, yeah. They're just so boring.
2: Oh, oh, they don't, yeah, they're they're they asleep. don't move. They're asleep, yeah. It's almost a, like, 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 they uh, literally, like,
1: yeah, <laughs> it's like aggressively. Like, like, are you having fun? <laughs> Do you enjoy doing this at all? Right, I feel bad that <laughs> I made them come. <laughs> it's just like, it's like, like a classical trained musician, like, as if, like, as if they're reading the music. They have to just kind of focus on what they're doing You gotta
0: roll with it <laughs>
1: Yeah
2: Not very boring, I'm with you Creed's Clearwater Revival I've seen some footage of those guys I, I find the music great Yeah uh, But like Outside Stones Fogarty is just <laughs> He's very intense He's fun to watch But the rest of the guys it's like, why are you there? Really? John Entwistle made a career out of that though Looking he, at, Yeah in He's good though Right, oh, <laughs> but, but he was the best bass
1: player to ever walk, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I mean, funny. And Ke- and Keith Moon really makes up for all the difference. I mean, he's like the spectacle that he would put on. I'm sure was legendary. So, and then we break out, and it gets kind of sucky here. You know, it's it's hit or miss with the flute. <laughs> you introduce the flute to any song, it's yeah. just like. Yeah
2: about that yeah. it's true and uh, most of the time he nails it this I don't <laughs> think is one of those times it's, ni- it's nice it it's nice nice is easy just I mean nice is in tune yeah uh, nice isn't hard no I gotta say getting back to the rest of the song once they take one of these excursions always impresses me mm-hmm. they, they uh, either it's well thought out or they're just pretty clever so how do they do it here? Oh, they just stop. Or maybe this is a transition piece they made up. Yeah. And then we're back to the tonic. It's
1: like they're ending the song, and then they just pick it back up. Also yeah.
2: <laughs> okay. There's wow. one says Jesus suffered? Heaven could not see him. I don't think this is peter gabriel either Hmm. that's weird like handing over your lyrics to another singer isn't
0: it i have
2: have never had to do it oh i've never had to do it but i sort of have um because i've written musicals and i've taught them to several different actors i've never thought about this um it's not that weird it's just it's kind of cool but it's also sometimes really frustrating well I think that would probably depend on the, the, the singer and their it's ability. That's it. It's it. Right. Uh, so in my band now, uh, I've only given one of my original songs to one of the other guys. It's an old song. And it, we did it in a set and I felt bad he didn't have anything to sing. Because when we do the originals, he basically is, this is our percussionist vocalist. He's mostly regulated to singing some high notes and a couple of call and responses in the original stuff because I, I, I do all my lead vocals in general but I gave him one and he was fantastic and it was really kind of cool to have somebody else singing my words. Now, being the singer singing other people's words, the knife bothers some people but then to me I'm like, what can you sing then? If you can't sing other people's words you're kind of lost as a singer.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, doing covers and stuff like that, I mean, obviously you have to sing other people's words all the time. All the time. But it's not like they're looming over you watching you and being like, you're oh, fucking nice. song up. So that's different, true. Yeah, I mean, it's like if you're in, in the band with the person uh, type thing, thing yeah. or if you're working in some situation, like, you know, like in a play, and you have actors that are singing the music that you've written, you know? Yeah. I can imagine that seems kind of strange, like... Like, I think about songs I've written, and I'm like, I would never want to see anyone sing these songs. <laughs> I mean, I might, only because they could probably do better than me, but then I would be resentful. <laughs> i hear you um, but i am intrigued by that like the idea of like all these guys that are actually just like songwriters <laughs> like they just write songs yeah. and they sell and just them. send them out yeah yeah and then all these other oh. i think you was that me i think that was a nudge
0: that was me let me let me just bring it back a little bit. Is this
1: the beginning? Yeah. Sorry, guys. We're just gonna bring it back just to make sure that that was not a, a flub. Um, For
2: those of you listening at home, we didn't start this right at the top this time, but we'll cue you back in when the when uh, the vocals start. Yeah. So I know a buddy of mine watched. He queued it up at home so we could listen to it while we talked about it. Are you serious? Yes, absolutely. Oh man. Oh, now we fucked him up. Okay, and one, two, three, vocal. Tell me my life is about to begin. That should help. Uh, Thank you, Dave. That's perfect. A friend from high school knows my level of geekdom, and so he saw on Facebook, oh, you want to hear me geek out about Genesis? He's like, oh, yeah, I do. (laughs) And he clicked (laughs) up. And he, he, I saw him recently after that. It was really complimentary. He's a very old friend of mine. Um, God, man, since seventh grade, Terry. Uh, so he, said, I, I, he said, I listened to every second that I thoroughly enjoyed.
1: That's great. I did too. You know, honestly, realistically, I thought it was such a great, insightful episode because you literally dissected the record, which for, for me, I was just like, Cool, because I want to understand this record better. You know, I want to understand Genesis more because it's complicated. Yeah, there's a lot to it. There really is. So to have somebody kind of guide you through and be like, okay, now listen, to this, this is coming up right here. I never noticed that.
2: Yeah. That, okay, the guitar just dropped the riff. And it's now going. Never noticed that. I was like, stayed on the riff. Huh. Now it's back on the ref. Sorry to interrupt you. No, that's okay. But that's exactly what I mean. I mean, you just did exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, that type of I'm not doing enough for this one. Well, this isn't one of your favorites. No, but I could dissect it better than I have. That's okay. I mean, it, this I song was Genesis's uh, favorite closing number oh, for yeah. a long while, up until supper's Ready. Okay. martyrs of course the freedom they shall provide fantastic man. guitar solo by Anthony Phillips v- very metal sounding oh yeah it's a precursor to like metal <laughs> well they were trying to be King Crimson yeah. Okay. so yeah they're stealing a little bit there with the, the 21st century schizo man vocal yeah
1: huh it's good it's, it's a good song.
2: super accomplished guitar player perfect I for this and the double tracking It's good
1: Sometimes simple is good. Sometimes simple is all good. Yeah. It doesn't have to be complicated.
2: Dan-o, 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 Dan-o. This is not a hard song to play. Oh, yeah? It's
1: I, have a, I have a hard time with covers in general.
2: Oh, uh, well, the covers are hard. You know what I mean? mean? But physically, I don't think you'd have a problem playing any of the, the, oh, the bits yeah. of this. That's yeah. all. It might be a hard, hard song to learn. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to memorize. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All the parts, all the changes. I, yeah. I can't believe that tribute band I was telling you about from uh, Canada, the yeah. Musical Box from Canada. Yeah. Check them out. How how they do it? There's I don't see any prompters. <laughs> and they, uh, in this last tour, they're doing like different sections from different songs and melding them together as medleys, and doing stuff Genesis never did live, sort of as a celebration. Yeah. And, like the, the amount of memorization that had to go into that. Even yeah. if you knew the pieces already, now you have to kind of relearn your new arrangement. Right. Yeah. Flute. That's good flute. That flute fits. Right. That's what she said. Oh! <laughs> I talked over the modulation. As, as a section slipped into this quiet section, right? They had that big... <laughs> boom. 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 And it goes up just a half step I mean, it might be a whole step and it's like oh right you obviously wrote this middle section in a different key <laughs> and you couldn't figure out a transition but it's so smart it just like does it yeah and you're like oh okay. that's not
1: something you catch in the field no it's, it's just really cool like...
2: huh but that bass it was just a step down at the end of I mean the rest of the song was a step down from this hmm. and it's gonna go back I believe oh no it stays in this key for the rest. Now this build-up is genius. So they were young. I don't know who they were copying. I'm assuming they're copying somebody. But yeah. the way this just keeps building up with the same vocals and the noise building, I thought it was really smart, cool. I mean, that's that's like just more the Beatles.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's just what they're they're excellent at. They're they're just so good at doing all that this. weird shit.
2: Over their heads, all of a sudden it's like Black Sabbath.
1: So, this record, they, they kind of started to do a couple of like heavier things, like yeah. heavier rock riffing.
2: This is where they started getting fuzz. Right. And then Steve Hackett took it to a whole different level. Because Steve Hackett wanted to be Robert Fripp. Okay. As we've said. Right. Used all the same gear, from what I understand oh, really? initially the High Watt, the Les Paul Custom, the uh, Super Fuzz. Classic bluesy guitar player, there Very different from Steve Hackett, actually.
1: So uh, what what
2: part of the song are we in right now of the night? We are in the
0: pre-outro
2: build-up. Pre-outro? <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> I there, we're at the end of the middle section. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Poor, um,
1: what's his name? John uh, Mayhew? Yeah. The drummer? Yeah, they just kicked him out. Poor guy. Yep. Yeah, I mean, this is a good record, and his performance is good. Granted, no, it's not. Now, this means prog rock when you have a bolero.
2: Anytime you have a bolero, that's prog rock. Tony Banks with the. Like, I'm just gonna do this all day. <laughs> My forearms don't hurt. He loves that. He's such stamina, playing these long arpeggios that like I go over like two minutes of the song. Yeah. Now we need some bass. Where's the bass? Hey. Now it's major. We were minor. Now it's major. We're crazy. (laughs) What the fuck are we doing?
1: Here, the
2: serial numbers on the yeah. on the inner sleeve. Oh, that's fuzzy. That's going to be that uh, can't get no satisfaction pedal that everyone had. It almost sounds like a horn. It's so distorted. Yeah. You don't know which pedal it was exactly? The, uh, the wedge-shaped tone bender. The maestro tone bender. Maybe not. Maestro. Might have been Gibson. Gibson. I've seen one of those. But it's a wedge-shaped metal yeah, box with a, one... Uh, they're silver ones and brown ones okay. with one button and two knobs in the back. And the, a, a hardwired cord.
1: Yeah, those things are so expensive.
2: I have a, a Japanese copy that sounds just like it. Oh, okay. It, it's so ugly. You can only use it for like three things. But it, I, w- the Monkeys tribute. Yeah, that's the dis- distortion in a ton of Monkeys songs. So I use it for that, and it's spot really? on. Yep, Valerie, um, Auntie Griselda. I, it's so fuzzy, I and mean, it's such a, like a
1: heavy distortion. It's a fuzz, though, technically, right? Uh, yeah.
2: <clears throat> we had this conversation last time, déjà vu. What? No, we didn't. Really? About the fuzz pedal? No, about the song Valerie. Oh. That came up. We talked about monkeys and Valerie.
1: <laughs> did we? I don't
2: Who know knows? if that made the cut, dude. Who knows? I, I <laughs> Who
1: knows? <laughs> but, you know, I, I did. Ed- I did do some editing. We did talk off mic for a while, so
2: that's true. I don't. Re-
1: I don't remember. I can only remember. I, I, I only rewatched
2: anything. the podcast once, so I'm not sure either. but I thought it was in there,
1: but anywho, I did today just to revisit like things that we touched on or didn't touch on or, or, oh, or that, things okay. like
2: that. So. All right, so no Valerie or Fuzzbox then. Yeah. Don't think so. Yeah, so I have this Japanese uh, copy. Uh, I got Daddy's Junkie Music somebody basically gave away a while back. Wow. And, uh, again, useless except for that one sound when you need it. Um, Useless, you think? I mean... I mean, you could... Studio, there's a lot of good stuff you could do with that. I mean, for me... uh, Ha- taking up the space in my pedal board oh, it's yeah. not really worth it. It's a it. big it's, box. It's big. Um, it sucks a lot of energy. I have to actually use a 9-volt on it because um, I have so many things in my pedal board already. One extra pedal would be fine. I don't know what this thing is p- drawing, but when I plugged it in, it killed two of my... It killed half my board Jeez. when I plugged it in. Yeah. I'm uh. not sure if I might have a wire going wrong, but I put in batteries and it's everything's fine. Um... It's old. It's, uh, I want to say 74, 75. Hmm. Sola, S O L A, is the uh, the brand. Would you?
1: Would you do the honors? Oh, would you slip on. it in? That's what she
2: said. <laughs> oh, God, this is not going to get old. Why would she say that? That's generally what I say to the kid when he comes <laughs> up with a weird one. Like, but why would she ever say that, man? <laughs> right. Think about what you're telling me. <laughs> no
1: man it's just too funny Some, sometimes comedy doesn't have to make sense
2: as long as it's no more than three times correct right agreed on that
0: mm-hmm.
1: so Trespass, trespass. second full length debut full length record studio studio album first studio album of uh, Genesis uh, where does it fall in your, uh, in, y- in your ranking
2: oh that's tough um Honestly, it, it, it cuz it switches around. It's for me it's at the bottom of my Genesis records, hmm. but it switches sometimes um shit. <clears throat> no, it's not at the bottom. Wind and Wuthering. First off, I I'm, I don't know any Genesis records after Steve Hackett left. Oh yeah. I know the uh what it was it called Genesis? The self-titled, right? Yeah. I know that a little bit, and I love Home by the Sea quite a bit. Um, so if I'm going to include, like, all the Genesis records I know... Oh, okay. If I'm going to sure. do that, then the Genesis one's probably at the bottom. Um, but Wind and Wuthering is my least favorite. Um, I would then say... Oh, it's, got it's tough. It is so tough. This or Foxtrot. Because Foxtrot, I find... I love Watcher of the Skies, and I love Supper's Ready. But I find myself never listening to anything else on it. And never listening to Supper's Ready. I've, I've heard it enough kind of thing. Oh, okay. Uh, so Foxtrot's just not one of my favorites anymore. Huh. Um so that, so that, depending on my, my mood, so today, that's above Foxtrot. So I would go from the bottom, would be Wind and Weathering, Foxtrot, Trespass, Nursery Crime, Sell, Selling England, Lamb Lies Down. Lamb, lamb Lies Down is at the top. Absolutely.
1: Hmm. Even though they got that whole second disc you could basically throw away.
2: No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Only the second half of the second disc. <laughs> Only the second th- half. Okay, so a third of the
1: record is not great. No, a, a third of the
2: album. A quarter of a the qu- A quarter of the album. I'm yeah. sorry. Quarter. Yeah, can't I, I think a quarter of the album is a little tough to listen to. And, and even there, there's still a great little jam keyboard solo that I love. That's one of my favorite parts of the album is even on that section. But the rest of it, oh, God. Hmm. Once he cuts off his dick and he has to go chase after it... And he goes into the ravine. Well, the ravine's the part I like. And then, uh, then he comes out. And then, it you then know, with you describing it like,
1: like uh, you know, uh, like ver- verbally, like that, like as far as like the the lyrical content is, I, I suppose yep. it sounds a lot stranger than what I remember. Probably you're right.
2: <laughs> okay, so <laughs> story wise,
1: no, no, no. I, I go. You can keep, keep once going. Once our I hero
2: rail has sex with the lamia and uh, becomes a grotesque creature, they kind of lose me. And uh, you've got, like, five songs left at that point, one of which has a a big instrumental jam, which is kind of cool. I think we might have talked about this last time, Uh how you'll find in, once uh, Collins joins in his albums, and I think up until the end he was in the band, you will find little sections that were obviously the three of them jamming on something so that Banks could solo over it. Hmm. And it's almost always odd meter. And in the old days, it would be odd meter, 12 string with bass pedals, playing with the drums. And then keyboards, left hand would be playing chords, right hand would be doing a solo. Yeah. And that's all. O- that's in each album. And there's always a great part that does that. And yeah. I, I love that shit. So uh, they do it again in the Lamb. I enjoy that. And then I, I think the album Peters out. Hmm. Sorry,
1: guys. Hey, no, that's
2: it's, it's just your opinion. It doesn't matter. Just my opinion. It doesn't matter yeah. any other things. Uh, however, the the first th- three sides are like my favorite music in the world. Mm. You know, so who knows?
1: Yeah, I got to get my hands on that again. I, I've only had one
2: copy of that. Oh, it's such a great album. So, I gotta. And uh, all you know the what? lyrics are Peter Gabriel until <laughs> that second side. Uh, most of it's still him, but I want to say there's like two songs at the very end he didn't do all the lyrics, too. Hmm.
1: I'll have to just put it on the uh, the music thing. I've been using the Apple Music lately. I started yeah. a subscription with them. You want
2: to listen to it as a piece, though. You don't want a weird song coming out. No, that's why I'm saying it, yeah. because I, I actually started
1: a subscription with Apple Music. So uh, they actually have a surprisingly good selection yeah. of records.
2: Yeah, uh, my wife has that. Yeah. yeah.
1: So I'll probably, yeah, I'll give that a whirl.
2: I highly recommend it. Um, you got to sit into it and it will reveal itself to you. Oh, really? Kind of. I think the first song is kind of not great. That's what she said. Yeah, Yeah. she did say that, though. Yeah, sit with it
1: and it'll reveal (laughs) itself. Um, But uh, no, because I I usually, you know, walk around at work all day. So I typically have the the earbuds in. I just listen to whatever I want to listen to. So, Are you familiar with the first King Crimson album?
2: In the Court of the Crimson King. Yeah, I've had a couple copies of that that one that's yeah you know the 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 genesis of (laughs) genesis yeah uh that's another album that's uh not a lot of fun to listen to but is definitely worth the time to get into it and some of it's super fun to listen to yeah some of it's amazing right other parts you're like oh geez here we are i want to say like the first song on the second side I want—I think that's what it is Moonchild I like it's Moonchild, Ro- Moonchild yeah. is gorgeous but then it goes off for like five minutes right into them like twinkling in the studio yeah and you could easily drift off and it's great but like if you try to listen to that it's very difficult right if you try to stay with it and not let your brain wander right and go oh that was a bell that's him scraping his strings that's very difficult to do hmm it's true but I think that's good too so if that one comes in, sign me up. Oh, I already had it. If it comes in again, sign me. You've already had a podcast on it. No, I didn't do a show. That's on what it. I'm saying, bro. Yeah,
1: that was the the uh, E.G. editions. Mm-hmm. The it was one of those.
2: Yeah, Robert Fripp uh, has been holding on to it with Iron Manacles. The whole catalog. He just released it to um, Spotify. Oh like yeah, weeks ago. Oh. Cool. for the first time.
1: He didn't want to digitize it? He didn't want it to go out to streaming services?
2: Uh, no, it was out, but uh, you had to pay for it. it w- Spotify wouldn't, didn't carry it. Right, right. You could only you buy it, like on uh, Apple. Right. I think iTunes.
1: One of the... or yeah, am- of the Amazon, services. I think, had it, too.
2: Okay. Um, so it
1: had been digitized, but
2: not for streaming. Exactly. Right. And uh, same thing with videos. Only right now, recently, like seriously, like last week, uh, did I ever, I find ever, it is still the only one I've ever seen, the only one I can still find, a video of 21st century Schizoid Man played by King Crimson all the way through where you could see Robert Fripp playing. There's a, a small clip of it from 1969 uh-huh. with no footage of him and that is it. And he just, they released a DVD from a live show in Japan. Huh. And I, like anything else, he didn't ha- it wasn't allowed out And he finally just started to like let bits of it go on YouTube from his own personal YouTube site, DGM Entertainment, whatever it is, his uh,
1: Hmm.
2: his production company. Um, So that's how tight he is about that stuff. Just so you know. Okay. So yeah, that that was Uh, they did. They have like a nine-piece band, eight-piece band now, and they're touring. And I guess he's getting old and. (laughs) figuring <laughs> yeah i can make a couple more bucks if i just let this go now Might as well it's not I mean, doing you any good I mean, anymore right
1: I mean, so you pretty much you know suck
2: that dry right that, that's I mean. the, that that teat <laughs> is, is empty man <laughs> let some same. people have that shit <laughs> maybe maybe you'll get some more people at the concerts now you know yeah yeah i mean that's what it's good not for. everybody wants to go see a band with three drummers out front playing two hours of atonal <laughs> fucking (laughs) arrhythmic i i think
1: that realistically he's probably been lucky to have an audience up up to this point anyway you know i mean like because i mean yeah some of the music is kind of hard to 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 tolerate
2: (laughs) are whole albums that are just unlistenable to me by king crimson which i I can't say about a ton of bands that i mean have stayed bands (laughs) usually usually you figure they get dropped but oh there's that whole spate of stuff well, I guess it's not a spate. It's like two albums, hmm. three albums. In the wake of Poseidon, oh. Islands and Lizard are oh, was all it
1: those eighties. Uh, that that no, trio. That's, that's pre.
2: No, that's pre. That. Oh, okay. This is uh, okay. So it was Court of the Crimson King was the first album. Yep. Band broke up. Did In the Wake of Poseidon with like hired people did Islands with different hired people, did Circus, I'm sorry, Lizard with different hired people, or some of the same throughout, and then he gave up. And then a couple years later, he reformed um, with uh, Bill Bruford from Yes and John Wetton from Family, and another guy, David Cross on Violin, and that was a great lineup, and they did three albums, Hmm. which was um, Lark's Tongues and Aspic, Starless and Bible Black, and Red. Then they broke up again then he reformed with adrian Belou on guitar bill bruford on drums and tony levin on stick and that's the 80s oh, okay. three albums of fucking <laughs> which i i don't really like but i don't dislike either yeah it sounds too talking heads to me and i don't like the talking head sorry <laughs> i don't like the i'm not a fan of that kind of vocal thing i'm autistic and talking now <laughs> Kind of thing, which seems to, it's not every song, but it seems to be a big part of Adrian Ballou's work with King Crimson. Yeah. Or maybe I'm just hearing the same song over and over. Don't know. Bad memory. I couldn't tell you. But yeah, I'm not a fan of that. And uh, yeah, many incarnations ever since, Hmm. with Robert Fripp being the only through line. Yeah. Huh. Okay.
1: I'll, I'll, you know, that's one of those things I just have to get into eventually. I'm not going to. No, first album. Just. (laughs) Actually, I, I'd recommend Lark's Tongues and Aspic. I know that they're obviously, yes, they have some very good records, um, but depends on your mood. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, I mean, it's like evil sounding shit. They're, they're just not one of those bands with that evil I find jazz.
2: enjoyable. Like, no, they, they have songs not enjoyable, right. that it's I'm definitely like, okay, like this is a great song. It's like an ordeal to listen to. Yeah. But you feel at the end like you got something out of it, is, is kind of where I'm at with <laughs> it. <laughs> Yeah, you feel some... some uh, like hmm. Diamanda Galas. Are you familiar with her work? No. <sighs> it, it, for anyone who knows, I'm just looking at the camera, I think, and going, oh, shit. Anyone who doesn't, just Google it and YouTube some. She's a a vocalist. She's uh, At this point, she's an older lady. She was more of an 80s, 90s solo vocalist hmm. who was really interested in exploring darkness and uh vocal expressionism so she she could sing she apparently was a trained opera singer Uh and occasionally would sing but mostly i know her for making really terrifying sounds okay and she did it on record and then i saw her in concert where they just turned out all the lights and they shot her voice around and surround sound, and I wanted to piss myself. <laughs> the lights came on, no word of a lie. Lights came on, you saw everybody go, <sighs> Did You see that? <sighs> everybody. It was amazing. Wow. Uh, but it's fucking terrible. I wouldn't wish it on anyone to terrible have
1: Terrible as in it. terrifying, or terrible as in like, I don't want to listen to this shit.
2: Terrible as in like grand and terrifying. Oh, yes. okay like, that's terrible. <laughs> She's like uh, <laughs> fucking Lord of the Rings. <laughs> terrible. Yeah, it's... Uh, huh. So you should absolutely uh, okay. delve a little bit into her stuff. Start easy. Start with like a cover. Start okay. with her doing, say, uh, 20 Minutes to Go by Johnny Cash. <laughs> or uh, I Put a Spell on You. Start with that before you get into her litanies of Satan or Shri X, which is the piece I saw. You don't okay. want that. You no, don't want that. That doesn't sound like I want that. No. no. All right. Okay, anyway. Diamante Galas, thank you for your work. <laughs> <Scared> <laughs> I, the will, fuck I will out look of it me. up.
1: I will <laughs> look it up and have some nightmares.
2: So, uh, yeah, man. We're good. This is fantastic. Is Thanks there anything that me
1: anything you need to mention? Anything?
2: Hey, if you see this and it's not yet that time, uh, come down to the News Cafe oh, on July 12th to check out the Rock and Roll Circus at 8 p.m. We've got... I, I dare say great music and uh, some really fun non-musical acts that will be happening in between. That's fun. I think it's fun. Uh, what I else we, we have going fun. on this month? We're playing uh, Tunes on the Dunes in Westerly Beach from 6 to 8 on Monday, July 29th. Uh, we got something else, too. They're playing the Mixed Magic Theater, July 27th, Saturday night, outside in their outdoor amphitheater. Mixed Magic Theater? Mixed Magic Theater, uh, North Providence, Rhode Island. Okay. That's where we did Jesus Christ Superstar last year. And uh, they're doing a concert series every Saturday, and we're one of those shows. So we're going to do some eclectic stuff that night as well, I think. And uh, that's it. That's all I got. Cool. Sounds great. Yeah,
1: DaveTessier.com, right?
2: David J. Tessier.com. David J.
1: Tessier.com. Cool man.
2: Dave Tessier took it apparently. That oh, dick. I don't know who that guy that is. Fucking dick, Dave.
1: All right, Dave. Cool man. James, thank you. Thank you. I will call you with uh, in the court of the crimson king.
0: Are you better?